Okay, so the, 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 I was asked about two Shilas this week. No, there were more, but two Shilas that I wanted to talk about. And then as I was trying to research like a third, I'm like, what should I talk about? And I'm answering an email, a halachic email, and I'm like, oh, well, 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 you're answering one, so let's focus on that. So those are the three, so let's go through the three topics. The first question that I was asked, uh, and this I get asked a lot, it's going to be in the day of the Shabbos, I believe, this Monday Shabbos, and that is um, the Zman for Kiddush Levona. You're, I always get asked, is it too early? Should we say it now? Rabbi Welcher is saying it. Why are, why is, why are the Shtibloch not saying it? What's the deal? So it's very simple. In Marmakum number one, you have the Shulchan Aruch. This is in Simon Tav Chavav. Simon Tav Chavav is where the Shulchan Aruch deals with Kiddush Levona. And I have the front page is uh, four Shilas related to Kiddush Levona that I think are interesting. Number one is the time period. So Shulchan Aruch and Siv Gimel tells you when's the latest. Ad When's the latest to say Kiddush Levona? Ad Tezayin Miyoyim Hamoylid. Veloi Tezayin Belvad. Fifteen days after the Moylid. The Moylid is the earliest time that the moon is visible. But that's the latest. I get involved, but it's a test. Yeah, no, easier to change it to test uh, Zion so you don't say the. Um, Siv Dalit is where the Machaber addressed like this. Now, let me give you a little background. Really, if you're. Rashulchan Aruch is saying that there's a point where it's too late, meaning the whole point of Kiddush Shalvana is you're, you're, you're thanking Hashem or sanctifying the new moon. Now, after the 15 days in the month, it's not new anymore. Understood. Now, there should be no reason just right off the bat, that you can't do it on Rosh Chodesh. Like, you should be able to do it right away. Like, why not? Besides for Matzah Shabbos. Let's say Matzah Shabbos is today. Well, why not? What's the, what's the reason? So, there until, is a... Until the midpoint of Correct. The but I'm saying, but you should be able to do it from day one or day two. There shouldn't be a problem. Now, there is a, a Medrash. The Medrash says that you should only bless the moon when it's Mavusim. Mavusim, it's unclear what that means. Some say that's Matzah Shabbos with Besamim. But most Rishayinim explain Mavusim means that the moon has to have enough enough uh, oomph to it that you could actually benefit from the light. The first day or two, the Shulchan Aruch, the, the Beis Yosef says, the first day or two, it's not big enough. But day three should be perfectly fine, because now the moon is bright enough, there's enough of it visible that you could actually potentially benefit if there were no lights in the streets, you could actually benefit from the light. However, so day three, conceptually, should be the time to do it. But here's where the Shulchan Aruch takes uh, uh, you know, a curveball. The Shulchan Aruch says, Ein yavru shiva You have to wait for day seven. Now, where is this coming from? This is Kabbalah. The Beis Yosef, uh, he quotes his source, is Rav Yosef Jikatilia in Shari Oira. He was a great, Rishon was a great Makubal. And he says, Api Kabbalah, you should wait for day seven. So, Api Halacha, three. Api Kabbalah, seven. So, right off the bat, you could already see why certain shuls in the neighborhood are going to be, you know, I mentioned obviously Sir Rabbi Welcher, he's a halachist, he's going to be from day three. Completely understandable. Well, why are you saying halachas day three? He doesn't say that. No, 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 no. So it's not in here, but I, I didn't give it. Ravad Yosef has a very lengthy truth in Chelek Beis, Simen Chavches, Simen Chavdalet, where Ravad quotes from the halachic Rishonim, that they quote that Medrash as saying Mevusim being day three. So the halachic works indicate three, I'm just giving it back because the Mishaburah is going to quote three. I'm trying to explain where that's coming from. The Shulchan Aruch says seven, and that's Api Kabbalah. But look at the Mishaburah. The Mishaburah writes in Chav, The Shulchan Aruch said day seven. Most authorities disagree. The Achorinim say, you don't need to wait for seven. Wait for three. And don't push off the mitzvah. 
Achein im Agimel Chaydushu Vech Meshavu and Nochel Hander Matzei Shabbos says the Meshavur. Although I'm a fan of after day three and I want you to do it right away, but you should wait for Matzei Shabbos. So if let's say day three is Wednesday, he would wait for Matzei Shabbos. But says the Meshavur, Kam Achrein of Hagra Mechlala Makil and Afbay Finzeh. The Gra disagrees. He says no. Do it day three, even a Tuesday. Don't wait at all. Do it the first time that you could. It's, it's like any other mitzvah. You shouldn't wait. Now, by the way, this could be a larger shaila if you wanted to turn this into a bigger shaila. We have halacha against Kabbalah, but we're not going to get into the right now. Um, also, there was a sefer from the Kabbalah that quoted day seven from the, it's called the Chandas Yomim, which is a very controversial sefer in its own right, but it's not for now. So the Shulchan Aruch says day seven. The Paiskim say day three. Says the Mishabura. If you want to do day three, even on a weekday, you have what to rely on. Especially during the winter. And during the winter, because we know it rains a lot and it's cloudy, it's not worth it to gamble. So I'll tell you practical halacha. Practical halacha is like this. If you're a straight-laced halacha guy, you're going to go day three always. If you're more of a chasidish, mikubolim, svardisha, you're going to go day seven. What I always did... Just again, my just to throw my opinion out there. What I always do is during the summer I wait for day seven. During the winter, I'll probably if it's clear I'm going to take it because as we'll see in a moment during the week, a lot of people don't can't do it. As we'll see why in a few minutes, you're only dealing with Matzei Shabbos, and during the winter, it's to me it's not worth the risk. Like but if Shabbos comes out on like day four. Correct. So you'd have a, a second Matzei Shabbos. To me, it's not worth it. Exactly. So that that's the basic background. Again, so Pais can say day three. It's a shaila of whether you should wait for Matzei Shabbos. Day seven is is Alpi Kabbalah. And again, you put it together. You, that, that that's the background of the shaila. Now on to shaila number two. Uh, actually, go to the bottom. The bottom shaila number three. I skipped around. The numbers don't matter. And that is and this. I also get asked a lot, which is, can you do it after Meiriv? During the week. So the answer is, I mean, early Mayrif. So the answer is really no. The Mishabura indicates that you cannot do it until it's Tseisakochavim. Tseisakochavim is 50 minutes after sunset. Unless you dive in Mayrif at like 9 o'clock. If you're going to a Plag Minion or a Shkia Minion, it's too early. Now, on the bottom, what you have here, there's a sefer called Big Day Chamudais. It's a Rav, Rav Klak, uh, Daniel Asher Kleiman. He's a, he's a young Rav. He's very close to Shmuel Kamenetsky. He writes Svarim with Shmuel called Kaivet Halachas. So he just came out with the Chuva sefer, and it was basically Rav Shmuel looked over everything, and Rav Shmuel gave his uh, opinions. So on the bottom, this is Rav Shmuel's opinion. Ein Kadish Alvona, Kaidim Daches Shmuel says like this I, I'm not saying you have to wait for for. for for a full 50 minutes, you got to at least wait 25. And the reason is very simple. Although it is Mayriv, although once you dive Mayriv, it is technically halachic night for you, right? Like you could say, Yal Vyavo, if it's Rosh Chodesh and all that stuff. And if it's like the three weeks, you can, uh, nine days, you can no longer eat meat. But Kiddush Shavana is based on benefiting from the moon. You need it to be dark enough to benefit. Therefore, some opinions say you got to wait for full tzeis. Shmuel said, listen, I'm not going to go that far, but you got to at least wait 25 minutes. Now, 25 minutes after sunset, most shkia minyanim, it's, you're not going to, when you're done Mayrev, it's not 25 minutes after sunset. It's 10 or 15. You want to wait 15 minutes at shul and shmuz, potentially. But because of that, this goes back to what we said before, because of that, most people are not saying Kiddush Shavana during the week, unless you go to later minyan. That's just why Matzah Shabbos for a lot of people like the only opportunity if you're an earlier Mayrev guy. Correct. Well, in this, this, well, the summer rolls, I mean, I'm a Shkia, I'm a plod guy throughout the, the year. Summer, I mean, oh, okay. 
So then, you know, you're not in the winter. True. It gets dark so early. It's true, but but even even in the summer, I, I'm davening plag shkia myriv. I'm done myriv ten minutes after sunset. I mean, it's the same thing. But but yeah, but uh, listen, in the, sun, in the summer you also have a barbecue. You're out at night. But that's that's halachic number two, and that is you should wait for tzeisakachavim. You want to wait twenty five. You want to wait a full fifty. That's a debatable shaila. But you can't just do it right after sunset. It can't just do it after shkia. It, you have to wait a certain amount of time for sure. Now. Shaila number three is... Are you Shabbos? Well, which one? Is that about doing it on Shabbos? Can you do it on no, Shabbos? I didn't get into that. You, the Mishabura, I'll just tell you, the Mishabura says you only do it Friday night if it's the last night. You only do it Friday night if it's the last night of, of the of the Milet. I mean, if it's the last night. Ideally, you don't do it on Shabbos, a Friday night. Um, Why? Uh, I think it's because it's considered like a quasi-Bezdin, somewhat, and and we don't do that on, on Friday nights. Um... Shaila number three is, and this is interesting, I've, I've always had this sort of misconception, and that is, can you say it be a chidus? Can you say Kiddush Shalvan without a minion? Now the reason why, there's really no reason why you need a minion. I mean, it's better, Berevim Hadras Melech and all that stuff, but the reason why people think you need a minion is because of the Shalom Aleichem thing, right? You say Shalom Aleichem, and you say it to three people, you need at least three people. So over here, how it's... That, how does that rate in importance? Exactly. Well, and, and the question then is, so let's say you could do a B'yechidus. So... Do you say Shalom Aleichem to yourself three times? I've heard, I, I remember during COVID, there was no minion. You couldn't even get together. So it was like, Kiddush Shavani, you just, you said, it, you said it to yourself three times. So over here, he addresses this, and, and he talked to Rav Shmuel about it. So we'll run through it. So, so the big thing, this says, I saw many people that they don't say Kiddush Shavani B'yechidus, because you have to say Shalom Aleichem, which is like, it's like you said, it's a funny thing. It's like, I can't imagine Shalom Aleichem is, is, is ma'akiv in the bracha, but okay. So he explains, there's really no reason to worry about saying Shalom Aleichem. I'll, I'll explain. Why do we say Shalom Aleichem? This is interesting. Why do we say Shalom Aleichem? It's just like, well, you say Shalom Aleichem because it says in the Siddur. Why do we say Shalom Aleichem? He says there's three reasons in the Achreinim. The Levush says, You're able to be Zaycha to say the Brach of Kiddush Levana, which we say, right? Kiddush Levana is such a, such a special tefillah that we're talking to Hashem. We're so happy. We're like, Spread the joy, Shalom Aleichem. Like, you had Simcha, share the Simcha. That's what Levush says, whatever that means. Second reason, Magan Avram. Magan Avram says is because we said in, right before Shalom Aleichem, we said, Tipa Lalein They were asking for fear to fall on our enemies. So we're trying to say to each other, don't worry, not you. Like, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem. Meaning that what I just said, that the fear should fall on those I'm not talking about you, I'm not talking about you, I'm not talking about you. So it's like sort of like you said something negative, you want to explain like, not for other yidin. That's the second reason. And the third reason is that Yerabah from the Arizal, because he says, We know that the famous last week's parasha, that you had a moon and the sun, and they were supposed to be the same size, and the moon complained, and that created this big problem, whatever these things mean, and the sun and the, and the moon became diminished. So says that Rizal, every time you make Kiddush Levana, that anger is sort of, it's like reawakened in Shemayim. So in order to sort of squash this, in order to make sure that there's peace on Klal Yisrael, that there's no more, there's no din, Shalom Aleichem, peace should be on you. Peace, meaning peace should be on you. So okay, those are three reasons. So he makes a good point. He 
He says, Manashach, if there are if there is no minion, meaning you're saying of Yechidis, if the reason is because Simcha or because I want to make sure that you realize that when I said fear should fall on you, I wasn't talking about you. Well, if you're alone, you don't have to say it at all. And if it's because of the Arizal that there's a Kitrig in Shemayim, then you should just be able to say Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem three times to nobody. But Memarevshach, you don't need people to be there. So you either don't say it when you're saying it alone, or just say it to yourself three times. So how do we practically paskin? So he says, um, Shmuel says, The main reason is for achtus of other Jews. So Shmuel said that if you're saying a bichidus, you just skip Shalom That's a Shmuel Shita. Again, if you're a, a Kabbalah guy, you probably will say it to yourself, because if you're worried about the Arizal, but Rishmuel is saying that the main uh, concern is, is Achdos, and therefore if there's no other Jews, just don't say it. The last one is the Aleinu thing. It's an, it's an interesting shita. Rishmuel points out, um, we end off by saying Aleinu. I'll say this outside. Why is it that we say Aleinu? Um, actually, I want to say it inside. So he says, the, the Bir Alacha says, why is it that we say Aleinu? I can tell you, the minig of Klal Yisrael is to say Aleinu, we say the whole Aleinu. I can tell you that for sure. But Shmuel points out that the, according to the Bir Alacha, you actually don't have to say the whole thing. You could say the first half. Why is that? The Bir Alacha writes like this. Shamati so interesting, the way the Chavetz Chaim describes it, he says, this is the reason why in many places they say Aleinu. So it doesn't sound like it was even such a universal minig of Klal Yisrael at the time of the Mishabura. But the Mishabura says the reason why so many people say Aleinu he says, and this is actually an interesting raya, um, it, it does look funny. I happen to be, I, I, I happen to not face the moon when I say the bracha, I face Mizrach. And that's from the Sefer Yisrael V'Shar Shavayda. However, it is clear from many Yishayinim, that's Marsha Shiva told me, that it's clear from many Yishayinim that they would face the moon. The Be'alacha says, and especially if you hold that they would face the moon, this Be'alacha is more understandable. The Be'alacha says, the optics of, the optics of like going to the moon. Like, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll tell you a story. It's actually interesting. There was, um, I don't know if you guys remember this. I, I, I was listening to a shir years and years ago. There's a, a Rav Nisim Kaplan. He's a very chash. He was a Rosh Hashiva in the mirror. He's a very chash of a Paisak. And he's like a, he's like a schmack of Paisak. Like he's got, his stories are very interesting. And he's, he's very energetic. And years and years ago, I was listening to a shir from him. This is right when the whole Shaitel controversy came out. I don't know if you guys remember this. There's a whole Shaitel thing that they were that that there was a Dayan from London who said that he looked into it, and he said that he felt that the Shaitels are used for Avodah because they're cut by the Indian temples and it's Avodah Now, Rav Moshe finds he said it's not Avodah but fine. So they go to Rav Yashiv. This Dayan says what he found, so the Asher says, fine, it's Avay Dezar, it's Avay Dezar, we have a problem, a whole uproar. There was a convert, who was an Indian convert, who was living in uh, Meisharim, or Bnei Brak at the time, and he went to Rav Yashiv, and he said, with all due respect to these Rabbanim, trust me, it's not Avay Dezar, I know why they're doing it, they're actually, they feel it's impure, and they're actually removing it. It's not Avay Dezar at all. And when he was getting... Um, like backlash from those, you know, saying that like these are rabbonim, these are dayanim. He said, he said, let me let me give you a marshal. He said, you have a guy who decides that he's going to interview Jews. He's going to follow Jews around for a Shabbos. A goyish guy, and he says he follows these Jews for Shabbos. He's so impressed. He's like, wow, they're taka different. They're amazing. 
achdus and the meals are nice and the kiddushes and the davening is so inspirational. And he says he's about to like finish his article and he says then Matzei Shabbos he sees them go out. He says he sees them turn to the moon. He says they start praying to the moon and then they dance in a circle and they leave. He, so he ends off the article by saying they're 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 of a like us and they're crazy like us too. He said, well, obviously, what's the answer? The answer is, you don't know what Kiddush Ravana is. You're just watching it. So he says, trust me. <laughs> These Ravana are just watching the Indian thing. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I know. So going back to over here, Kiddush Ravana could look funny if you, if, you, if you don't know what you're doing. We're obviously not praying to the moon. But, says the Bi'alacha, because it does look funny. <laughs> like, he acknowledges that it does look funny. So says the Bi'alacha, Shaliyitu chas v'shalem, no one looking, or even Jews, shouldn't make the mistake. That we're going out to the moon, we're praying, and then we're dancing. And then, you know, it's like the, the, the eagle, right? The, 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 the original used to say, the big taina by the eagle is not that they did have a desire, it was that they, that they danced by a desire. So we're dancing also. So it says, so we say Aleinu l'shaveyach la'adoyin hakol, right? Which talks about how shalei samcha kenu kehem shehem shachem lehevel v'arik, and if you're chabad, you spit. And v'anachnu koyrim shachem v'moidim. So it says the Beralacha. And how do we end Aleinu on on by Kiddush Levana? Hashem ulekim b'shemayim imal ein oid. And then we turn to Mizrach. We bow. Ein oid. Ein oid. So ein oid. So you see, says Cesar Shmuel, you see from the Beralacha, the whole point is to end Einoid. I mean, that's the point. There is no one else. You don't have to finish all of Elenu. That's what Shmuel says. Again, practical Allah, I think we do, but this would explain if there are people that do the first half of Elenu only, it's because the whole emphasis of saying Elenu is not to say the Tefillah of Elenu. It's Einoid. It's to end off by saying there is no one else other than God, because that's the whole point of why we're saying this. By the way, just Agav. Uh, you should know the whole. I was asked recently. I'll, I'll throw this on. I'll turn to the back of the page. Um, I was asked, "What's the whole Indian that Chabad does spit when they say Elena? Because if you are not accustomed to it, they do. Yeah. If you are not accustomed to it, it is a little. It is a little disgusting. It's a little jarring. I will say this. It's a very old minig. It goes back to the Bach. The Bach already described this minig of spitting. It's Lehevel Villa Rick. Rick means spittle, means empty, even in Gematria. Lehevel Rick is Gematria, Yashka, and Yishmol. It's a whole thing. So, um, so the, 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 the Bach already brought this down as a minig. The reason why, and it was the minig of Klai Yisrael, the reason why it stopped, meaning, and not just Chabad, everyone used to spit. The reason why they stopped is very, very simple. What's the next line? People were spitting at the wrong time. They would, instead of, I, I mean this honestly, I, I'm not even joking, the Taz says that Jews are spitting at the wrong time, because they, they just see, they see people spitting, and around this time it's field, so they were spitting, and then the Rabbanim were like, okay, let's just cancel this, but that, that's the, the background of it. Okay, Shaila number two was, and then we'll get to the third one, if I, hopefully off time. Shaila number two was, I was asked, someone um, had a, uh, birthday party, uh, school graduation, some sort of celebratory get-together. I don't, I don't remember the details of it. Um, it was in a conservative shul. And the question is, she says she doesn't feel comfortable. She remembers that I said something about going into a conservative shul. Is it a halachi problem to go into a conservative shul? For, 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 for the shul part? Well, the whole building. The shul also. It's all the same. Same? It's all the same. There's no difference. So I mean, in the shul, maybe it feels a little worse, but conceptually, there's really no difference. So we'll see. Ramesha says they're all the same, but Ramesha says this: the temple itself, uh, the actual sanctuary itself, is a little bit worse. I remember 
church to have meetings. Yeah. It's actually funny that you say that because, and this maybe we'll talk about it at a different time. Someone asked me once that, that they were, she, she was involved in AA or she had to oversee an AA meeting and it was in a church. So she asked me if I can go. So I told her, call a certain rabbi in the neighborhood. I think it was Rabbi Steinberg. I don't want to call Rabbi Steinberg because I don't remember. I said, call him. First of all, he's a much bigger place. Like I'm not even in the same stratosphere. But I said, don't really, I don't even want to talk about it to you as an academic, uh, because when I researched it and I looked into it, I hold. I wouldn't go near it for any reason for voting. I, I wouldn't go near any at all. I'll tell you why. The only reason why I, I'll, I'll tell you why. And again, there are rabbanim who are mekel. If you say Rabbi Shonfo, big chash of a yidin, as Rabbi Kamal once told me. Jews holier than than me have have been lenient. So I'm not I'm not God, God forbid casting aspersions. I'll just explain. There's uh, the issue of going into a church. Let's say you want to go into a church, stam, whatever. Not for pictures, but you have uh, any reason that's not that's not church related. It's a Marisayan issue, right? It, that, that's the issue. It's Marisayan. It looks like you're going to pray. That's the main issue. There's no isser. Uh, it's not like an inherent isser of walking in. It, it looks bad for a Jew to walk into a church. That's the main issue. However. There was a shaila in the early Achroinim, going back even to the Rishonim, were you allowed to run into a church for sanctuary? There was a thing, right? You'd run into a church, you say sanctuary, if you were being chased, and it would protect you to save your life. So it's a shaila whether you're allowed to. What's a shaila? Oh, Marisayin. The Ritva writes that it has Marisayin, it has the status of Avodah and it's Yeharag Valyavar. That's what he says. Now, do we paskin like that? Not necessarily, but... Huh? Correct. But that always made a big impression on me that this is not just a regular Marisayan. And because of that, I, I always get very nervous when it's like, oh, for voting. Okay, voting is important. We have a sign outside. I'm not walking into a church to vote. I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm not doing it. Even for Lee Zeldin, for Hulk, I don't care. I'm not doing it because, because of that ritva. And that ritva is quoted by many Achroinim that it's Yaharik Val Yavr. Now, again, do we pass it that way? I don't believe so, or maybe not. I'm not sure. But it, it was something. So anyway, so so going back to a conservative shul, it's obviously not as bad as a church. Obviously, it's a Marisayan issue. So the Astra Moshe. So I, oh, you saying it's worse because because it looks like a yid is doing it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, the only reason I say it's not as bad is because the church is like <laughs> a great tumma. No, no, from a Marisayan perspective, Efsha. So. I, I took a class. Uh, I took a class in Saint Jonathan Olson as a, a couple of times, and I I did have mincha. So I was sitting in the back of the room, just sitting in my chair, just having mincha. And when I finished, I noticed the big cross. Yeah, that's not great. That's not that's not what you want. Yeah, but you've had people going to Saint Francis. Yeah, no, no. So over there, it's just as long as you don't bow. By the way, over there, you don't you well, you don't. Uh, noticed, but... So you have over here is uh, Ramosha. Ramosha has a couple chubas about conservative shuls, and this is Ramosha's take. First of all, this is from the first one is from Eben Ezra Chilgdal Seven Tazayin. Ramosha was asked, "It's interesting, Shaila. This is a wedding. And we'll talk about weddings, and, and you could extrapolate to other functions. Let's go to a wedding. A wedding conservative shul. So Ramosha was Ramosha said like this: If the conservative rabbi is going to be officiating, then Ramosha held it's chayk v'layavar aser, because Ramosha held that by a, a from person going, when he is officiating the wedding, it looks like you're signing off. Now, it happens to be, I will say this, I, it's possible if Soloveitchik in certain areas is more lenient. I know that he had different perspectives on the conservative Rabbonim, because Ramosha was 
strongly opposed in every form. But Ramosha says like this. The kasha is, there's a conservative rabbi who's making a wedding. Should you and someone else go to serve as kosher witnesses? Right? There's no one else going to be kosher. You say, I'll go to be kosher witnesses. Better not to go. Because he says, he says you shouldn't go because Ramosha felt going to a wedding when the conservative rabbi is officiating, he felt is signing off. Okay, like I said, this is, you have to ask a Shaila. I, I will say this, Rav Scheinberg, I mentioned this once in a speech, that Rav Scheinberg, I was at a meal uh, in Florida once. It was a really awful meal. I hated the meal from the beginning. This is the meal that I told you. My brother got up at some point, and we, we, me and my brother were just getting up, like looking for benchers. Like that's how, how it was just an epically awful meal. But the only thing good about it was before the, during the hour and a half wait, without the air conditioning and the 95 degree heat in Boca, during the hour and a half wait for the food to come out, um, he showed me a kuntress from Rav Scheinberg. Rav Scheinberg had a kuntress that NCSY printed of his shilas they asked him on Kirov. And I, 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 I was very obviously interested. In Chaval, what I did was, Matei Shabbos, I borrowed it for a couple hours, and I wrote down word for word the shilas that I thought were interesting. Chaval, I didn't do it fully, because that would have been... I actually think someone found recently, because I mentioned this in a shir once, someone found an Oitzer HaChachma and sent it to me. That, that is. So that's why I put it out. So over there, he was asked to Shaila about going to a conservative wedding when the rabbi is Masada Kedushan. The conservative rabbi is Masada So Moshe said, Chayk Le'Avi and to go. Scheinberg said, you can go, but don't stand in the hall. Stand on the side. Like, stand on the side. So you're not like, you know, like sitting watching. You stand on the side. So let's say, here's the, you know, the rabbi's officiating over there. Don't sit. Don't sit. Stand on the side. It's clear that you're there, but you're not there. Rav said that he would, he said, in a case of necessity, like a family member, and it's going to cause a big problem, Rav Scheinberg felt to be lenient. So again, that's why you have to ask a Shiloh. Here's a Shiloh. What if it's a conservative hall, but there's no conservative rabbi? Stam, all the time. I will say this. There are Rabbonim in this neighborhood. You could already tell them more on the Hasidic bend. They don't go. I know they don't go, and this because <laughs> I know because you know you understand because I, I I know the Bali Simcha and it's noticed. They don't go. Ramosha has this is Ramosha's take. Look at the lashon. This is from Eben Ezra Chelik Beis Simi Yudzayin. Ramosha has this lashon. Chasen Ashatiyah be conservative temple. The Rabbi Shlam Yeh Masadik Kedushin English Kashul Yisham. Again, if the Rabbi is Masadik Kedushin, can't go there. Achim Rav Kashi Yisadik Kedushin Kedin Torah. Let's say it's a conservative hall, a conservative shul that's being rented out by Orthodox Jews. Azikivon Shachasen Ha'Ena Bezman Shabam L'Spal. So says Ramosha, if it's at a time where they daven. Since Marasayan, it looks like you're going to pray. But let's say it's not. It's clear to everybody you're at the wedding. It's clear. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. But it's clear to everybody that you're going for the wedding. So says Ramosha, this Lashon. Leka is a Medina. There's no Isser. Right? But an Odom Chosha shouldn't go. So, what I've told people, and this is what I told that same lady, when it comes to these functions, or you know, you have a, a school, a birthday party, all these things. It's 100% mutter to go, technically, if the rabbi is not Masad Kedushin, and it's not at the time of what? And Adam Chasher shouldn't go. But a lot of times in life, you have to do things to avoid fights and to avoid conflict. I have gone to these things. If it's a wedding that I'm borderline, I'm not really close to the person, maybe. But honestly, yesh to go. I will just say this. And again, people, people do rent out these halls. A lot of times they're affordable and they're beautiful, and I got no problem with it. I will say this. We, we had um, 
when we used to do the dinners in person before COVID and before the prices went up and before the online options became an option, we, we used to have a dinner and we were looking for a place and there was a certain conservative hall that a lot of people used and the caterer was a friend of ours who was going to give us uh, give us a deal. And again, I, I have no problem, you, 100% it's mutter, mamish mutter, so I, I, especially if there are people here who have made simchas there, mutter. Adam Chashiv, maybe not. Adam Chashiv doesn't have to go. Okay, but who, in areas of life, sometimes we're not, we're not Chashiv. So we cannot be Chashiv for a night. My father asked me, can Hashivina do it? So I told him, I said, in Adam Chashiv, doesn't do it. I don't know if <laughs> Hashivina is a, an organization. I don't know if we are bound by this strict rule of Adam Chashiv, but we could say it's Mutter and they're getting us a deal. So I, he said, so I said, let's ask Rabbi Steinberg. Rabbi Steinberg said, Talmud Ramosha. So I asked Rabbi Steinberg, and Rabbi Steinberg says, a tzedakah organization, he said, for a regular person, it's one thing. A tzedakah organization, you're on the chashem. That's what he said. So again, for a tzedakah organization, it's on the meaning, yeah, meaning, yeah, meaning, you can't, so he tells us we can't go. Okay. I thought you were going to say for, for tzedakah. No, 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 no. No, he said, he said, an irgun is considered not the chashem. That's what he told me. He said, an irgun is not the chashem. But again, all of these things, I, I want to make this clear, because especially like, I'm not telling you what to do or not. I'm just giving you background. Which will lead us in, oh, one more thing. And I, I will say this. This is, uh, I probably shouldn't say this. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I don't, I don't care. Um, Scheinberg has a very strict sheet in the following thing. Um, and I'm not aware of a hat ask a Shaila. He was asked about, we talked about going to conservative halls, whatever, all these things. He says, what about a Jew marrying a non-Jew? A family member. Rav Scheinberg said, Rav Scheinberg writes in that country, no. He said, no. He said, you can't, you can't, you can't go, you can't participate. And uh, he said, sorry. And, and, again, if it ever comes up, if a family member is intermarrying, you ask a shayla. No matter where it is. Yeah, 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 don't matter, don't matter. He says, a Jew marrying a non-Jew, he said, you can't, you can't go. He says, even all these satayim, no, no head in the world. Again, you ask a shayla. <laughs> I remember there was someone from the neighborhood. There's a difference between Ashkenazim and Sephardim. So she told me that her cousin, a Sephardim woman, her cousin's intermarrying. So can the, the, she's like a like a daughter to me, a cousin, sister to me, whatever. It is. Can she go? So I, I said, so he, you know, I, I see can't be there at the ceremony. I said, just go during the dance and just go give her a hug and, and leave, like whatever. I'll go for the smorg and leave. Like, what do you she gave me a look. She's like, <laughs> she's like, it's my cousin. It's my second cousin. I'm like, I'm like, I wouldn't even go. I'm like, Ashkenazim. I'm not even. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to my my first cousin. I can I can get away with a quick hug and a, and a leave. She said, if I don't stay the whole time, it's as if I didn't go. So I said, well, then you're gonna have to ask a a, a, a rav who will understand you better. So interesting. The last child is like this. Yeah, sure. Ramosha's view, no. Ramosha's view, no. It could be. Again, like, I, I think, the only reason I think Rosalvechik, I, I think, had different views in general. Not to say that he was more uh, tolerant, but I just know of cases, like Ramosha had a shita, it's actually in this tshuva at the end. Ramosha held that conservative rabbis are considered koifrim in halacha, even if they're orthodox themselves. I know. That's, that's why whenever, like, Ramosha says that if you're a rabbi of a conservative temple, you're a koifrim in halacha. He says you're posoledus, even if you're orthodox. I know Rav Salvechik had a different view because there were many musmachim of YU that he would actually send because he felt that could be mashbia. Different oh, viewpoint, a hundred percent different viewpoint. I told you I once had a thing because I didn't know that about Rav Salvechik. I just knew Ramosha. I was a yeshiva bacher. I followed Ramosha. Ramosha said it. Ramosha said it. So I told you this is the old Hashivenu. We had Friday night menu. Friday night when we started, we struggled. We were sitting on the street trying to get ten people to get a minute. So. the <laughs> 
there was a certain rabbi in the neighborhood who I know is a rabbi in, I think, Solomon Shechter. Solomon Shechter is conservative, if I'm not mistaken. It was his son's Ofrof. They're having the Friday night davening by us. There were 10 people because Hashimina had no minion at the time. So, so it's, it's like almost Shia, and there are 10 people. But I, I knew Ramay Shashita, and I, I'm not going to say anything. You can't count for a minion. Yeah. But, but he's an he's a, he knows more than I do. But I, I don't know what to do. I was 22 at the time. I don't know. So I decided what every smart Rav would do, which is I faked a stomach issue and I was number 10. And I'm just like, they're like, are you coming out? I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling so great. Give, give me a few minutes. And I'm in the bathroom davening. Tashem, <laughs> send me a 10th. And thank God, like right before Shkia, some random guy who thought we were the happy minion by the mikvah, the, 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 he's like, he walks in. And he walked in, and thank God we had number 10, so I didn't have that child. Um, okay, the last child is like this. And this last one, I'm definitely not telling you what to do. Um, it's a very large Shiloh. The truth is to do it in the last, like, three minutes is ridiculous, but I'll just tell you like this. And that is, um, I'll tell you a quick story. I was in, I was in um, uh, the last time I went away for Shabbos in New York. Actually, I once went to my brother. Before that, other than that, you know, that Shalom, uh, that, uh, Shalom Zacher from my nephew... Uh, in New York, I've, I went away nine years ago for a Shabbos. That's it. Every other time it was either New Hampshire or Tisro. So nine years ago, I went away for a Shabbos. I went to Brooklyn. And it was my cousin, Shabbos Shabbos And we all got the flu. And I had 103 temperature. It, it, was, it, it goes down as like the craziest worst Shabbos. My mother passed out in the middle. It was, it was, it was just, it was epically crazy. So I, middle of the, I remember in the middle of the, the kiddush, in the middle of the meal, the speaking about whatever. I turned to my parents and I said, I'm, I'm beginning to feel not well. <laughs> and apparently I looked like, and, and she said, well, where do you want to go? I said, I'm going to lay down. And they, she said, where? I'm like, I'll figure it out. So I went to my uncle's house. I had 104 at the time. Because when Shabbos was over, it was like 103.8. I, I felt I was dying. I'm laying in my suit with a, with a blanket up to my neck. I'm, I'm shivering. My cousin comes over to me and he says, can I ask you a quick Shiloh? I said, okay. He said, the Shiloh is like this. I just booked tickets. There was a Dan's deal. Dan's deal had a quick deal where it was like for 10 minutes, everything was cheap. He booked tickets to Hawaii. Okay. So I'm like, okay. I'm almost dying. And he says, so I know there's a Shiloh about Shabbos in Hawaii. So I spoke to my Rav, and my Rav told me that I keep one day Shabbos, and one day I'm allowed to do Isurim Durabonon. Can we now figure out what's in Isur Durabonon and what's not? I, 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 if there was ever a time where I had no head... First of all, by the way, it goes down as the hardest session. I sat down with about 40 minutes. It goes down as the hardest thing, because you're not programmed to know what's Isur Durabonon or what's Isur Durabonon. You're just programmed to know what's Isur and what's Mutter. You don't actually you know, try to... And everything's a Machlegis, by the way. Every single thing's a Machlegis. But what, what, what does this have to do? No, no. I, I just... I, that's, I think it was Robert Forst. If I'm not mistaken, I think he spoke to Rishmol first. Okay, but Rav Heinemann says the same thing. So... I'll tell you what, I, I, I let me explain the background very quickly, and then I'll tell you what I would do. The background is like this. The earth is round. It's a big chiddush. The earth is round. Because the earth is round, there has to be a starting point, that because the sun is constantly revolving, the earth is constantly revolving around the sun, and and because it's constantly rotating, there's it's a sunrise and a sunset, sunrise and a sunset, and always in continuum. There has to be a starting point. So you have to have, okay, there's a starting point in the world where sunrise to the left of this is Tuesday, to the right of this is Monday. There has to be a starting point. If you don't have a starting point, you're just going to go in circles. So that's called the international date line. The international date line, so you have to pick 
a starting point, and you have to pick the point where this is the beginning of the new day. Oh, so they picked Greenwich, England is the center point of the world. 180 degrees opposite that, they made that the international day line. It's a, a middle of the Pacific Ocean. They, they picked it because England was a very hush of a powerhouse. And also, it's an area where there's no landmass. So you don't have on one side of the street Monday and one side of the street Sunday, which according to the Chazanish, exactly could have a problem. But that's the, that's the, the Gaisha international date line. Now, obviously, we, we don't necessarily care what the Goyim picked. Now, this is Alman Meltzer said you could go with the Goyim, but Pashtus, we have to have our own international date line. This became a very, very big Shiloh because the countries that were affected by this Shiloh was Japan, Hawaii, Australia, and Siberia. I, I'll explain in a minute. The, this Shiloh erupted when the Jews went to Japan with the Shanghai, when the Jews went to, to, to when the Mir went. Because you have to figure out Shabbos, you have to figure out Yom Kippur. The Chazanish wrote a whole sefer called Yud Chashois, where the Chazanish described his opinion. Rabbi Chiel Mechatokatsinski disagreed. It's majorly those two opinions. The Chazanish proved from Meiri and Rosh Hashanah that the center point of the world is the Eurasian landmass, the Europe, the middle of Europe. 180 degrees opposite that is the international day, according to the Chazanish, and it smacks right through Australia. Nobody says, like, Yushalayim is no, Yushalayim is going to be the center point. Right, so the Chazanish proved from the Rishayim that Yushalayim is, they looked at it as a part of the Eurasian landmass. Oh. That's how they described it. So that's the center point. And opposite that is, is the International Day Line, which is smack in the middle of Australia. Which, by the way, there's a whole Dion from the Chazanish. He has Parakim Bess. What do you mean? One side of the street. So he says, no, you actually do is you cut around Australia, which means <laughs> Sunday, this is actually Negea, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, so no, so Shabbos in Australia is Shabbos, but Sunday in the water, the water of Australia is Shabbos because it, they cut around it, which means you can't swim if on Sunday you swim a certain amount of length in Australia into the water, you hit Shabbos. You hit Shabbos if you swim long enough. Okay, that's the Chazanish Shita, and he proved it from Rishonim. Rav Yechimel was the very big Rav in Yushalayim. He disagreed. He felt that Yushalayim is the center point, and he had his own international day line. I can show you guys a map. If you Google it, there's basically like a strip of land in between these two. That is the Shiloh. In between those two, there is one state called Hawaii. Hawaii is a shaila, it's a machloikis between the Chazanish and Rechimilchotokatsinski. Which is an agav, is a funny thing of how, how they were trying to, to figure it out. So they, 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 it was Negev because the Jews are in Japan. So according to the Chazanish, Japan is one thing, Rechimilchotokatsinski, it's a different one. It's, it's a machloikis. So the, it was coming up on Yom Kippur. The average Shabbos, okay, so you keep two day Shabbos. What were they doing already? Oh, they're Japan sitting and learning. No, but it's actually in the map, it's, it's, it's closer than you think. So, so, um, so for Shabbos, it's not a big deal. So you keep two-day Shabbos. Like, what's the Nafkim? You know, these, are, these, are, these are kids learning in the mirror. They're not doing anything anyway. But Yom Kippur, and I actually know someone who fasted two days. Uh, fasted every, two. every week they keep two-day Shabbos? Or just, yeah, every week. They wouldn't eventually just no. switch to... No, so I'll tell you what happened. So, so the Chazanish, so he, had a, he wrote his Sefer. He wrote his Sefer disagreeing with the Chazanish. Chazanish wrote a second Sefer disagreeing with him. And they're going back and forth. So the Rechimachatokatsinski <laughs> made a, a, a meeting in his house with all the Rabban of Yushalayim to discuss this. How, Chaz- how long ago was this? This is in the 40s, in 1942, I think. 42, 43, uh, 41. So, so the he invited the Chazanish to go. The Chazanish didn't go. He sent uh, like a young kid, <laughs> like, a, like an 18-year-old Bachar, to like say Heshita. And they asked him why. And the Bachar came. The Chazanish said, I've already said my opinion, you've said your opinion. I'm not going to spend three hours debating this. 
uh, I'm going to learn. He will just mimic my shitas. What happened was, they send a letter to the, the Bachram in Japan saying that we're deliberating, well, you, you'll expect an answer soon. They get her a telegraph back. The Chazanish already told us what to do. Thank you. So the Chazanish just, he just sent them a telegram saying, this is Shabbos, you know. So he said, I'm not going to send them it's a machloikis because he knows that if he tells, these are chashaviyin, if he tells them it's a machloikis, they're going to fast for two days in Kippur. And he didn't want that. It was dangerous. But why wouldn't they just pick a shita and oh, follow it? Like, so I'll tell you like this. So it may so, not be like a, a paskin, but as long as they have a shita. Well, I'll tell you like this, because it is suffix deraisa, potentially, right? So I'll tell you practical. Hawaii. Practical halacha. Hawaii, according to the Chazanish, Saturday is Shabbos. According to Rechim Echotukatsinski, Friday is Shabbos. Okay. So I, I'll tell you like this. People get confused because the Chabad houses over there picked a shita. By the way, completely understand why the Chabad houses picked a shita. They most likely, I didn't check this out, I probably should have, they most likely picked Saturday as Shabbos, probably for a couple reasons. First of all, it's a machleikas, you have many poiskim fowder v'chimichotukatsinski, and also, to avoid the chaos of telling every traveler who calls them on Friday and they can't answer, today's our Shabbos, I would assume. But I will say this, and this I have told people, while it is fair for Chabad houses, or any Jews that live there, to pick a side, because you can't have 48 hours of Shabbos every week, if I'm traveling there once in my life, I personally am keeping two days. Because it's a Suffolk Deraisa, I'm picking two days. The only thing you'd have to, I personally, by the way, just I, got, I personally would follow the Chazanish. Personally, in all places, I would follow the Chazanish. And the other day, I would keep full Shabbos. Me personally, I would keep full Shabbos. Deraisa, Derabana. The only thing is, I would wear tefillin on Friday. And I would make Kiddush on Shabbos. That, that's the only difference. That, that, that's the only difference. But I will say this. If you ask a Shailah, there are Rabbonim for Alaska, for Hawaii, uh, parts of Australia, really not, not really, uh, Japan, and parts of Siberia, if you plan on visiting. Um, what Rabbonim will tell you is either pick a side or they'll tell you which side to pick as Deraisa. And the other day, you could do Isurim Derabonim only. To me, that's pretty chaotic, but that's that's what they tell you. I personally would just keep two-day shops. It doesn't matter which way if you fly. Come no, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Which part of Alaska? No matter where. Oh, Alaska. I'm, I'm the whole Alaska. Again, this is the background. Wait, Absolutely, this, you should ask. This, the the By the way, I'm glad I didn't ask you. Huh? Why is the country? What is? The no, it's just those. Alaska is enormous. How could it be the entire? The, you'll look. I'll, I'll show you the the, the Shaila area between Ravchimachutukazinsachazadish is. On this, on this globe, it's not very big, but it's thousands and thousands and thousands of miles in between. I'll, I'll send you a picture. So that, that's the Machalikas. I will say this, though. You really want me to like ruin everybody's... I wouldn't go. I, I personally am not going because it, it's a Shiloh. I mean, no one's inviting me to Hawaii anyway, but conceptually, it's a Machalikas, and I, I'm not putting myself into a Shiloh. There's a Tferis Yisrael. The Tferis Yisrael... I'm not going to the beach. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Tferis Yisrael in Mishnayis, he was asked by his son. His son wanted to go whale fishing on... In Antarctica, and uh, he was asked about it when it comes to Shabbos, because it's Shabbos, it's it's sunrise for six months and sun life is in darkness for six months. Shabbos is all Shaila, so he told the son, just don't go. But again, you can go. This is the background of the Shaila. When the Shaila comes up, please speak to Rabbi Olbaum, Rabbi Welcher, Rabbi Steinberg, Rabbi Marcus, Rabbonim, who are uh, more efficient, who are willing to put it on their shoulders. I'm not, because if you ask me, I'm going to tell you to keep two days. So, so 